This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, how to be a serial killer. They couldn't afford the tagline because they only made eight ninety nine on this movie. Eight ninety nine? I can get a chicken sandwich for that much. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And this time we watched a movie requested by a friend over the podcast, Thomas. Thomas, yes, the guy who gave us uh the collector. Yes. The old the like the nineteen sixties collector, not the two thousands collector. And it was called How to Be a Serial Killer. What's it about, Chris? How to be a serial killer. Wow. I know. A little on the <laughs> nose, but... Yeah, more than a little on the nose. It's it's just all over the nose. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but it, it made me chuckle. <laughs> so, yes, uh, this is the movie that teaches you how to be a serial killer. Yep. By, by giving you the 10 serial killer commandments. Yeah. And uh, this one starts out. With uh, the venerable Doctor Fleeg, which is a really deep pull. If anyone, if anyone gets that, please message me, and I will virtually high five you because I may be the only person who gets that reference. <laughs> I did not get it. Nope. I had to have I, it explained. Yep. So, uh, uh, Doctor Fleeg, he's a uh, he's given us the rundown on uh, the basics of serial killers. You know, because they're sociopaths or psychopaths or some other kind of path. And they, uh, when, you know, when you fantasize about killing someone because they've pissed you off, that's healthy. It's when you act on it like a, that's what makes you a serial killer. Yeah, which seems like not the right definition of serial killer, but hey. Yeah, I mean, but it's nice to know that just the fact that I haven't killed anyone I fantasized about killing Makes me not a serial killer. That's true. And then we uh we meet up with uh some guy. The uh, the shittiest video store customer ever. Well first we get the uh Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we get the self help guru. <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna help you embrace your inner serial killer. Yes, cause and you just have dial one eight hundred Serial killer with most of the vowels removed. It's like Chris made that phone number up. That's true. <laughs> They're equally bad at making up uh, shorthand for things. Yep. <laughs> Maybe worse because Slaughterhouse Princess is way longer. Yeah. <laughs> it has way more vowels too, I think. And we're uh, we're treated to kind of an infomercially kind of a thing with him. Because I guess... People have been clamoring for how-to guides on serial killing. Well, I mean, it's it's not an amateur's game. I guess that's true. I mean, if you can't just go willy-nilly. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, just like Ted Bundy took years to to perfect his serial killing to hone his craft. That's right. And uh, 
so he, you know, he gives you the little spiel about, hey, tired of being regular people or whatever, want to murder people in the streets? Murderly erdler people in the streets? Call this 1-800 number and I will something that's not clear. Yeah. <laughs> he will help you actualize your inner serial killer. <laughs> yeah. You got to visualize it. Yeah, make it happen. You know, put all that murder up on your dream board. <laughs> Get up every day and say to a mirror, I'm going to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a Lawrence Fishburne or Samuel L. Jackson movie that starts like that. <laughs> there should be if there's not. Yeah. So anyway, now we cut over to our video store. Yeah, which, I mean, presumably this movie was set in 2006 because that's when it was made. I didn't think video stores actually existed at that point. Yeah. Or they just almost all dead at that point. They were dying for sure. The death throes were upon them. Yep. And some dude is looking for every Jennifer Aniston movie ever. <laughs> yeah, because his girlfriend wants him, but he's a real douchebag. Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, and with his flip phone. <laughs> and, uh, we meet up with our guy behind the register there, uh, Bart. Bart, who is played by the poor man's bartender from Deadpool, whose actor name I don't know. Yeah. And he, uh, he's basically your, uh, stereotypical nerdy, afraid of confrontation kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, he's polite, tries to help the dude out. Uh, can't find a movie in the system to save his life. Although I think you should join them on MySpace. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good, solid, doesn't date this movie at all. Yep. Bit. <laughs> and we're, we're still trying to convince Chris to get us on MySpace account. Our MySpace presence princess. is limited. I'll admit yep. that. Because then we give Brett something else to get wrong at the end of episodes. <laughs> and, uh, the guy is just douchebagging it up and wanders back off. When we meet up with uh, the guy who's offering the serial killer courses, I guess. Yeah, the 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 pure serial killer experience. And he's like, hey, I couldn't help but notice that uh, that guy's a fucking asshole. What would you do if you could do anything to that guy? Let's talk about murder. That's not a weird thing to talk about in your job. Yeah. And, and so, of course, the guy's like, what I'd love to do is go to a hardware store and get a sledgehammer and bash the guy's head in. And then serial killer guy is like, that's very creative. And I was like, I don't really think that's that creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, it seems like the part where you have to go buy it isn't necessary in this exercise. You just say no. you want to smash him open. No, like, I don't know. I would have, like, I would have, like, you know, taken a DVD or broken it in half and jabbed it into his eyes or something. I mean, like, get a little poetical about it while you're at it. You know, have some, have some, some pride in your work. Yeah. But, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Serial Killer Man is like, hey. Poor man's else? Luke Wilson. Yeah, the poor man's Luke Wilson. Because, you know, rich man's Luke Wilson is somebody else. Yeah. It's middle class man gets Luke Wilson. Yeah, the poor man's Luke Wilson is apparently a 
bad serial killer, but we'll get into that. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what else? Maybe a gun? Because I have a gun. Let's go shoot this guy who's inexplicably parked directly behind your video store, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I have this gun tucked down the front of my pants so I can shoot my dick off anytime I want to. <laughs> hey, you never know. You might need to shoot your dick off at a moment's notice. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the asshole customer leaves through the front door to go to the back parking lot <laughs> where yeah. his car is parked. It seems like a super inefficient way to have parked, but what do I know? Uh, maybe he just likes having his car parked in close proximity to dumpsters? Well, that's true. It's one of my favorites. Maybe he has that, that special BFI insurance. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, fucking Luke Wilson just shoots the guy after making a uh, little quip at him. Yeah, like, yeah, because an uh, asshole customer is an asshole. He's like, you really like... Want those to be the last words you ever say? Bang, bang. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, buddy, I shot this guy. Help me push him in my car and then call the tow company and have him remove his car for reasons, I guess, because he's a bad serial killer. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you just take that dude's car out and, like, burn it somewhere in the desert? I don't know, like. I mean, they're, you're burying bodies in the desert at this point. Why not just, like, leave the car out there, too? Yeah. But what do I know about being a serial killer? Yeah. Not much, according to this movie. Nope. You don't You don't follow the ten serial killer commandments. So he, um, he packs his corpse up into his car and then presumably goes to meet his girlfriend at the Frogert stand with a corpse in his trunk. Yeah, and so he's got some blood on his cheek, and she's like, oh, did you cut yourself shaving, honey? And I'm like, the dude is obviously carrying, like, a couple days stubble. I'm pretty sure he did not cut himself shaving, you fucking idiotic writer. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's obviously, like, 9.30 at night or some shit. The guy's got stubble. Uh, cutting himself shaving, what, 17 hours ago? Three days ago? Whatever. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I had a strawberry sundae earlier. Yeah. I'll admit it. Because if it's one thing that sociopaths are known for, it's lying poorly. Yes, because that, that's what all good sociopaths do. And we're introduced to uh, one of the more confusing things that happens from time to time in this, where we cut to the uh, the exposition cam. Where there is a camera on a character, and they just say a bunch of expositiony shit to yeah, no like one they, in particular. It's like they're like in the confession booth and like the real world serial killer or something. Yeah, or like like, uh, like in the office where they just cut to a guy who's like talking about what's going on. But like in the office, the whole the premise is that there's a documentary crew there. Well, that's true, but it's it's framed the same way, I guess. Yeah. But in this, there's no documentary crew that we're aware of. Yeah, it just... It cuts to exposition cam. And exposition cam on the girlfriend's like, This is my boyfriend. We are in a committed relationship. I like my boyfriend. He's a nice guy, my boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. We all know that Chris loves his boyfriend. 
Yeah, you know. Gotta have something to do on the weekends. Yep, or someone at least. Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember. Because this movie um, does not leave a great impression. Yeah, I know. So I think he goes into his first, the first, the first serial killer commandment is pick a fucking weapon. Is that the first one? I thought. Yeah. I yeah. Cause they go through like, here, you could use a blunt object and guys, and then they cut to him like beating somebody with a baseball bat, or you could use a lawn implements and then like him shoving someone's face into a lawnmower or poison or I did like the lawnmower scene because apparently when you shove a dude's face into a running lawnmower blade you get one single blood splurt on your forehead <laughs> well yeah because then the shear bolt breaks and then it doesn't work anymore yeah they don't make them like they used to am i right I'm sure. the shear pin i think actually is the term but no that's how they're supposed to make them <laughs> If you can't chop a face off with a lawnmower, I'm not buying it. Hey, we all know that only the CIA has a face-off machine, but it costs 50 cents. That's true. <laughs> so uh, we cut back from lesson one, where uh, he's taking Bart, you know, the nerdy guy, under his wing. And he's like, hey, uh... Let's sit here on the side of this road and talk so we can over overlook this guy who's being mean to a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, sh the shitty dog owner who has a French bulldog who apparently can't shit on command. Yeah. Like, like every other fucking dog in existence can't shit on command. <laughs> Which did lead to, in my opinion, the funniest thing in the movie because he calls the dog a cunt. <laughs> Which was the funniest thing to me, anyway, <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, he's like, you know, like, or you could just watch your dog another, like, 100 yards, and it probably would shit, you know? Or you could just count to three and then call it a cunt. <laughs> yeah. And Bart even says, did he just call that dog a cunt? <laughs> Which is pretty good. Like, that was funny. Yeah, like, that That was natural, natural writing, like the humans say. Yeah. This movie <laughs> suffers... From uh, being written by aliens who only can approximate human speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one, not many people say things in this movie that people would actually say. <laughs> so they uh, they overhear the guy calling his dog a cunt, which of course means they're going to come back the next night with some kind of Velcro head camera and record them murdering him. Well, and by them, you mean Luke Wilson. Right, Luke Wilson does it. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, the character's last name is Wilson, so maybe that, maybe the poor man's Luke Wilson thing's intentional? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like that's I don't, giving this movie too much credit. Yeah, like, I don't actually want to, like, ever talk to anyone who made this movie to find out, so... Yeah. so if you had a hand in making this movie, don't tell us. We don't care. Yeah. No, we want to keep the mystery intact. <laughs> so they, uh, they smush over... Owen Wilson, or Luke Wilson. I get them confused. Well, one's Luke, named Luke, and one's named Owen. I mean... Are they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they're, they're, their names aren't that similar, Chris. I mean, it's not like Matthew McConaughey and Owen <laughs> Wilson. I mean, they're practically indecipherable. You know, yeah. They're practically the same. They are indistinguishable <laughs> yes. in most traits. Yes. 
<laughs> but anyway, enough about my problem with facial recognition. So they uh they murder that guy, and then I don't know. We they take the dog. Well, they take the dog to girlfriend who at in this one scene in this one scene only for some reason looks like Leslie Mann. <laughs> I I don't know why. But like this one scene when they drop her off at the uh, shelter that she works at, they take the dog and drop it off. And she's like, why does it like if you found it wandering the streets, why does it still have a leash on? And Luke Wilson, quick thinking, Luke Wilson says, I don't know, it's dragging the leash behind it. (laughs) Yep, because he's a total sociopath. So he's real good at manipulating people. Yeah. And uh, but presumably the tiny French bulldog goes on to have a lovely life with people who don't call it a cunt yeah or is euthanized 30 days later what are the two but it's which you know arguably maybe better than being called a cunt every day by your owner because you can't just crap on command yeah i know i almost divorced my wife until she learned how to crap on command (laughs) because it's an important thing yeah, you just called her a cunt every day until she did. Yeah, because I'm a reasonable human being. <laughs> and Chris will never be sleeping in his own bed again when his wife hears this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should, I should think before I talk. Well, why start now? Yeah, that's not the Slaughterhouse Princess way. <laughs> not at all. Fix it in post. That's our motto. Yep. And then we never do because Chris doesn't know what post is. That's when I put it up on the internet, right? Yeah, you post it. I posted it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I don't know. More stuff happens, I guess. Yeah, we talk about how uh, you shouldn't kill kids. Uh, with the second serial killer commandment is you should not kill kids, uh, the disabled, um, nope. the elderly are... The elderly are fine because they mostly want to die anyway. Um, yeah, don't steal for people. Don't rape yeah. people, you monster. Yeah, because rapists, rapists are way worse than serial killers. Yeah. Way worse. That's totally just, it's not cool, man. Just kill a guy. Yeah, like, don't don't rape him first and then kill him. And I think that covers, uh, oh, but we also learn uh, through watching that you, th- one of the other forbidden subjects is hobos. Yeah. They, or I'm sorry, homeless people. I probably would actually, sorry, I was, I was getting all, uh, KOL on this, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So they, uh, they're wandering the park trying to figure out who they should kill. And, uh, Bart, it's like, we should kill that dude. And he's like, you mean the the homeless dude who is picking through the garbage looking for food? He's like, yeah, that dude just littered. Oh, so we should just kill people for littering? Well, no, but I mean, he's a drain on society. Like, well, we we killed everyone who's a drain on society. That's a lot of people. Oh, so we shouldn't kill homeless people? Like, no, go give them some money instead. Yeah. And don't cheap out and just try to give him 50 cents, you fucking bastard. Yeah, drop him a Lincoln at least. Yeah, so then they drive off, and instead of murdering a, a hobo, they murder a guy who was tailgating. 
Yeah, it's the Mr. Because uh, they, yeah, some dude came up behind him and was flashing the lights, apparently called him a faggot. Yeah, yeah. they could tell because they saw him mouth it. Which, in the middle of the night with dudes' high beams in your face, if you can see what they're mouthing, um, I guess you have a career as a as a sniper or something because you got way better night vision than anyone else I know of in existence. <laughs> yeah, so they, they shoot him. Or I should say Luke Perry shoots him. You mean Luke Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> Because Chris also can't distinguish Luke Wilson from from Luke Perry either. They were both in Beverly Hills 90210, by my recollection. <laughs> yes. Yes, Jason Priestley and Luke Wilson were both in Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. So Luke Priestley shoots the guy for tailgating. <laughs> yeah, and... um. Oh, and we also get to see uh, Luke Priestley at his uh, his normal job when some dude talks about the the faggot cocksucker bullshit goddamn it motherfucker dumb shit blah 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 dude, and Luke Priestley's like, "Well, why don't you just go kill the guy? He parks here." Okay, that sounds great. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, there's a cut to a guy who's all bloodied up for like. Two seconds with no context. I guess it's that guy. I don't fucking yeah. know. I, I'm pretty sure that was the context, Chris. I mean, was it? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about killing a dude and they show a dude dead. I think it's safe to assume that the dead dude, the dude they were talking about killing. <laughs> well, I don't want to give the movie that much credit if I don't have to. <laughs> I think it's I think it deserves at least that much credit. Maybe Fair not enough. more than that, but that much credit. So then um there's probably some more serial killer rules here about yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, there's the, there's determination and penetration. Oh, perseverance. That's right. Yeah. You determine to penetrate. Yeah, if you double perseverance or determination and penetration, I'm not sure which. Yeah. DP and, is what I call it for short. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> and uh and, and at some point, uh, Luke Priestley has Bart in a bedroom as they're showing, teaching him how to load guns. And uh, not Leslie Mann walks in and they kind of stash the stuff on their back like, oh, no, we're just two dudes just chilling on a bed full of pillows. Uh, just being perfectly normal over here. Yeah, honey. This is totally a normal thing that happens in most people's lives. It's like, what are you guys doing in here? And for some reason, they don't answer with the words butt stuff, because that's how I would have answered that. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> reasonable answer to give to that question. Yeah, what are you guys doing in here in the bedroom behind this closed door? It's like, butt stuff? Because yeah. oh, butt stuff. It's, e it's either sarcastic or true. Yeah. And either way, it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Apparently, she doesn't think anything of it, and she's like, cool, have fun doing butt stuff or whatever. Not butt stuff. And then, um, I don't know, more stuff happens, I guess? Yeah, at some point, um, Luke Priestley, oh, he's sitting on the, he's sitting on the, 
the so lying with his head on his girlfriend's lap on the sofa and they're watching TV and she laughs and he's like, Oh yeah, that's funny. Cause he doesn't laugh. He just says it's funny. And she's like, honey, you don't have to pretend like you like, he's like, yeah, I don't like television humor. And I'm going to go hang out with Bart some more because that's what I do is I hang out with Bart at night. And so I'm going to go grab my jacket and I'll see you later. And she's like, really? Like you're just going to leave now. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go get my jacket. And he goes and pulls like a closet safe out, you know, like one of those like, you know, fireproof safe container, you know, things that you keep in your closet. And he pulls it out, unlocks it, pulls out a gun and some shit and then closes yeah, it. It's, it's full of unexplained audio tapes, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch the audio tapes, which yeah, is fine. I don't get it. I don't know why Jason Bateman has a closet full of <laughs> audio tapes and stuff, but whatever <laughs> and so he uh he throws the safe back into the closet but leaves the keys on the bed and wanders off because one of the one of the 10 dual commandments is that you uh you you to make sure all your the close people in your life don't find out about your serial killingness and you do that by like showering attention upon them yeah reassure them in the status of your relationship that it's totally normal and you're not some weird murderer yeah you know if you don't know, have a good reason to be leaving in the middle of the night to go hang out with a dude you know that's that's all you gotta do yeah that's and uh and so they wander off, and I don't know. They do stuff. Yeah, I don't mean probable yeah. butt stuff. Yeah, probable butt stuff or killing and or killing. And uh, you cut to the next day when apparently girlfriend uh, confronted Jason Bateman about the safe that she had unlocked with the keys he left on the bed, and his only reaction to that apparently was a shooter in the face. Yeah. And so he had called Bart over to, uh, to help clean and by help clean, do all the cleaning and Bart, and Bart's real bad at it. He just kind of like takes some of the spray and sprays it on the floor and kind of wipes half heartedly at the, (laughs) and then miraculously it's clean. Yeah. Jump (laughs) smash cut to everything being totally clean. Oh, and he picks up a, a bleach container in such a way to show that it cannot possibly have any liquid in it at all. Yeah, it's it's real good. <laughs> yeah. That's acting 101 right there. Just lifting things up to make them look like they have stuff in them. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so they're loading her. They wrap, apparently wrapped her body up in black trash bags. They're loading her into the trunk. And then some dude comes into the parking lot to park and they shoot him. And by they, I mean, Jason Bateman shoots him and then some other dude shows up, but Jason Bateman shoots him. And then Bart sees a dude watching him through the curtains in a, in the apartment building. So Jason Bateman goes up there and pretends to be someone without a gun to be let in because people are getting shot and then shoots the dude in there. And then they start having discussion. I say you fit four bodies into the, this, and there's like his 2006 uh, Camry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got a Prius V. I'm pretty sure I could fit four bodies in there if I fold some seats down. 
Yeah, so they decide the best course of action is to take one of the corpses and just throw them haphazardly into the back seat. Yep. And drive around downtown LA in broad daylight covered in blood with a corpse riding in the back. Yep. And then and then uh the cops for some odd reason start to stake out the apartment building because a bunch of people were murdered there. Or I'm sorry, murdered there. And uh and then with the masters of stealth that these two yahoos are it, they 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 walk around the corner to see the cops and then kind of hunch behind a tr- like a bush like a very thin bush yeah <laughs> so like like not even like a landing strip like smaller than a landing strip bush and it, uh and uh for some reason apparently the cops didn't see them even though they like were like these big flashing lights that say like guilty people hiding here yeah. Above their heads. They might as well have just been setting off air horns and fucking <laughs> firing guns into the air. But inexplicably, the cops don't see them. Nope. And they're like, well, we should just take all of the bodies that we've collected and bury them out in the desert. Yeah. We're going to dig a big enough hole with this one shovel to bury 26 fucking people. <laughs> and but we're gonna cut them up first because that's what you gotta do. Because if you bury body parts, it's somehow better than if you bury whole bodies. That that would be correct if you didn't put them all in the same goddamn hole. Yep, but we learned that sulfuric acid is great for removing uh, finger fingerprints off of fingers. Yeah, and pull out their teeth so they can't use the dental records. And then smash the faces in with a hammer. Yeah, for dental records. Or facial recognition? I don't know. And, uh... Let's see. I think that... that and then, like, when you're digging a hole and you feel like stop digging, you, you you keep digging. And then when you can't dig anymore, you keep digging. And then when your shovel breaks, you keep digging. I don't remember what the whole mantra was. Yeah, you basically... You dig, and then you dig more. And when you think you dug enough, there's still more digging. Which is followed by digging. And then you dig. Yeah. So, uh, at this point, old, uh, Bart and, uh, Paul Reiser, or whatever his name is. <laughs> is, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> is Paul Reiser? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, uh, Bart's starting to feel the heat. And Paul yep. Reiser's like, hey, look, this is all about perception of reality, man. If you perceive that you're not going to get caught burying a stack of bodies in the desert, you totally won't. Except nope. for you're totally going to. Yep, so you go to your go safe, where you have your go bag, which has the hydrogen peroxide for your hair, which literally says hydrogen peroxide for hair <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, they apparently... <laughs> had a time machine they went back to the fucking 1910 and found this hydrogen peroxide for hair shit <laughs> and he so he bleaches his hair which just makes him look even douchier than he already is and we all know how douchey paul riser can be yep and they uh that he has oh god he has an extra container in this fucking cupboard thing has a bunch of exclamation points on it. Yeah, that's his his what, surprise box or something. Yeah, it's 
fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I was waiting for like some small Italian dude in in uh, overalls to come up and like jump into it to make coins come out of it or something. <laughs> and uh, as they're out at their little shed preparing for their trip to Mexico, because of course you know that's where you go. Yeah, because that's where everyone flees. Then you have to stop at the uh, strip club called the Titty Twister right here. Yeah, it's a nice place. They have domestic yep. and imports. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they get uh, caught off guard as uh, fucking Ray Romano's leaving. <laughs> he gets tased by a guy who's, I don't know, a member of non-specific government agency. Yeah, like the car is brown with like a yellow stripe on it, but there's no seal of any kind, but there's lights. So yeah, I don't... So, he's part of the militiamen. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's Border Patrol. Maybe he's a park ranger. Maybe he works for the post office. I don't fucking even know. <laughs> yeah, it tases him in the neck, and as he's falling, uh, I don't know... Jared Leto shoots him like the other uh, the government agent non -dis non disclosed government agent in the heart. <laughs> yeah, and then he decides that now it's time to break out the uh, exclamation point case, the triple exclamation point case. Thank you very much. Which has a submachine gun in it? Because yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, it's more like an AR fifteen than like a submachine gun. Yeah, but the barrel's like a, real short. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a saw. It's, it's an AR-12. I don't know. <laughs> he saw it down three inches. <laughs> it's some kind of carbine, probably. I think we can all yeah. agree with that. Yep. And, and uh, inexplicably, the more members of non-specific government agencies show up. And, and they, uh, they start. They start shooting into the house like all like the kind of like the ending to Butch Cassidy and the Sun. Dance kid. Yeah, when the when the Mexican authorities pinned them down in the house, and uh, instead of charging out guns blazing, um, I don't know. They get into a contrived firefight. Yeah, they, there's a machine gun fire where he's shooting the tires on the cars, shooting deputies in the chest, and they're all shooting back. And Bart's like, well, the bolts are kind of coming through the walls of this house, so I'm going to go hide in the the cabinet, the metal cabinet over here, so at least I have two layers of protection. <laughs> yeah, and somehow or another, that makes uh, fucking Ron Jeremy <laughs> think that he ratted him out to the cops for like three minutes or so. No, 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 no. I think he just decided to use him as a hot, pretend to use him as a hostage because they don't know that Bart was working with, with Ron Jeremy. Yeah. So they go with the fake hostage gambit, a classic move. Yep. And he uh, takes him out at gunpoint and says, I got a hostage and a hat cop and other cop who looks like he's like fucking 15. Yeah. Kind of like Bobby from Twin Peaks. He does a little. I'll give you that. Old Bobby, not new Bobby, not now Bobby. Right. right. And young uh, old old young Bobby, not not old old Bobby. Right. Exactly. Old new Bobby. Yeah. It's concise <laughs> wording like that that makes it clear. 
<laughs> he he didn't have quite the drapes that uh that the young old Bobby had, but does the carpet it... match the drapes? That's my question. I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, Matt and Amic about that. So uh, now it's a hostage situation, sort of. So he shoots Bart in the shoulder somehow, which doesn't make a lot of sense, and runs off. So the cops decide that they're going to give chase, and they're going to give him the old pincher attack there around the shed. So he gets the drop on Hat Cop, which I call Hat Cop because he has a fabulous hat. Yeah, like it's a weird, like, uh, like, uh, woven kind of hat. Like it's, I don't even can't. It's like if I don't even know how to describe a it. Stripper, and your theme was cowboy. It's yes. the kind of hat you would wear. Thank you, and it was evil cowboy because it was a black hat. Yeah, but it was oddly sparkly. Which fits the stripper theme, yeah. So uh, he gets Hat Cop, and then Bobby Cop shows up, and there's a tense standoff where uh, old uh, Vincent D'Onofrio gets shot. <laughs> and and arrested, finally. And uh, he shows up in jail where he uh, avoids getting raped. That's a plot point. By being punched in the eye? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good trade-off normally. Yeah, you're going to rape me? Could you just punch me in the eye? Yeah, okay, cool. We'll do that. Punch me in the face eye instead of the brown eye. Please, thank you. And uh, Dr. Fleag's there, and he's talking to him because apparently, I don't know, they're friends or something? I don't don't fucking know. I'm assuming Dr. Fleag's was studying him. As a uh, like a thesis for a thesis or something, I don't know, and uh, I don't know. Uh, why can I not think of any actor all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. It's like okay, sure, I'll let you study me because apparently I'm not going to appeal any of the charges against me. And so you get like there's a short amount of time to talk to me before I go to death row, where I eat my steak with st- steak sauce brand steak sauce. Mmm, steak sauce brand steak sauce. It goes on steak <laughs> as a sauce. <laughs> and yeah, this guy goes from fucking getting arrested to trial to sentencing to death penalty in three or four days. It looks like. Yeah, pretty much. I think that that was that was what the title card said. Three and days then, later. Uh, yep. <laughs> and they strap him to a board that puts him into the the arms extended Jesus pose, and he finishes up his ten dual commandments. Uh, and they and then the light the house lights come up and there's no one there. And apparently that was all in his head as he was getting ready to be. Uh, Death penaltyed. Yeah, it's uh symbolic. Right. And then we cut to Bart, who uh, is talking to the camera for no goddamn reason, and about how he's gonna he's gonna continue on uh, Bob Saget's work, and uh, you know, and show people how how fleeting life is. And he runs off across a park to apparently. Go murder Diddley Erdler, someone. 
Yeah. You know, for reasons. Yes. And that's and, the end of that. And then that's how you be a serial killer. That is to how you be a serial killer. <laughs> so, Chris, what did you think of this movie? Well, I can't say I cared for it. it wasn't bad. Uh, it just wasn't very good. It was <laughs> technically confident. I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not like Gator Bait or something where it's just not. It suffers from like an incredibly low budget or anything like that. It just, they had an idea, but it seemed like they weren't willing to go far enough with it. The movie had an interesting premise, the idea of a serial killer and kind of showing uh, his weird, uh, grandized view of uh, what he was doing. But it it's supposed to be a comedy. It's just not funny. Uh, the funny parts aren't funny. The serious parts are impossible to take seriously because of the tone of the whole thing. It's just all messed up. It, I don't know. It could have been a lot better than it was. It only made eight ninety nine, so that's something <laughs> to consider. I don't think the actors were bad in it. Nothing in particular strikes me as terrible. Besides, the writing wasn't great. Just seems like could have could have been interesting given a better maybe director and writer. I think the director and writer were the same guy. Yeah, they were. It just uh, suffers from not being committed to the bit, I guess. I don't really know. It's hard to put a finger on why it wasn't good. It's just kind of boring and meanders. and I don't know. I say skip this one for non-specific reasons. <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Troy? Uh, I also did not like it that much. Uh, it was kind of boring. I feel like it thought it was more clever than it was, which is always terrible in my book because I don't know, like I, I appreciate when people strive to like make good satire or, you know, they strive to, to really like put their spin on things that's admirable and all. But when you, when you kind of, I think when, when it's obvious that you think you are more clever than you are, it just, I don't know, it just kind of rewinds all the good things you did and kind of adds some crappiness to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really like it that much either. Um, I mean, if you're if you're really looking for something in the vein of uh, Leslie Vernon and you can't find anything else, maybe give this a shot. But uh, it's it's not as clever as it should be. It's not as clever as it thinks it is. And if it, had, if it had realized it wasn't that clever, they maybe would have tried to make it more clever and it would have been a better movie. But I would generally say skip this. I don't really think it's worth watching. Um, I mean, I don't hate that I watched it like some other movies, but I'm not real glad I watched it either. Yeah, it's that weird middle of the road kind of meh. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like a, I wouldn't even give like five out of ten because it's it's not just okay. It's less than okay, but it's not bad. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to follow this one up with a request from good old dummy act with possession. 
which apparently is five or six different movies named Possession. So I believe we're going with the 1981 joint. Yeah, unless Dummy Act comes back and says, no, idiots, that's the wrong one. And I believe I will not be available for this this next episode because I will be watching a local pro wrestling event with my 65-year-old mother-in-law. So that should be fun. It sounds fun. <laughs> I think it will actually be a lot of fun. Um, but it's uh, I will be occupied. But I believe you will get Brett and Chris, the OG princesses, uh, doing their thing. So it will be it will be a recording. It certainly will consist of audio. <laughs> so what if uh, anybody else wants to recommend a movie that could possibly be several movies? How would they do that, Troy? Well, you could contact us on Facebook. Uh, we are Slaughterhouse Princess on Facebook. Uh, you could go to our Discord server at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. You could email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com because Chris wants all of us to get carpal tunnel trying to email us. I do. And, and uh, you could go to our Twitter account. You could you could reply at us at, uh, at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels in princess. Uh, you could go to listen to us at slaughterhouseprincess.com or Google Music or iTunes or Stitcher or probably some other iTunes, some other podcast aggregator that I have not named, such as Podbean. Um, let's see, anything else? Uh, we have our Patreon in case you want to give us money because we will always accept money. Uh, that is patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. I believe we are still not making much progress towards my $100 uh, pledge level or uh, reward level, uh, which if we get $100 in pledges in a month, I will write and post a Slaughterhouse Princess wing fic. Um, have I missed anything? Am I good? Yeah, you're good. Oh, the subreddit at r slash shp podcast yeah which retrospectively would have been a better twitter handle yes but you know it's not like you can just change your twitter name or anything don't don't give me that sass mouth (laughs) hey brett's not here somebody has to You're thinking know. beef tracks. Beef beef tracks is the <laughs> name of my new softcore homosexual porn <laughs> spoken word album. Vagina, because they fuck with their vagina. Yeah, but they don't have to. I mean, well. Standard. Standard coitus. Oh, Troy, this is 2017. There's no such thing as standard coitus anymore.